You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. Hi, my name is Elle. And my name is Jared. And this is The New Leaf Podcast. Today, Elle and I are talking about a women's conference that men actually go to that we've both been kind of talking about lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a terrible title, isn't it, Elle? It is a terrible title, but it's good. It kind of oh. it kind of says what I've I've been thinking about, and we, we want to do something. We just don't know what. Right, right. And so maybe if we just talk at each other long enough, and listen, and listen, that maybe we'll have an idea at the end of this. That is the goal. Or maybe we won't. But maybe people will will someone listening maybe will have someone a, yeah someone they'll else. have a great idea there you and go so no matter what this is something we like to do so yes. so we're both as it turns out and and not surprisingly um, kind of coming at this conversation from two different angles so yes. why don't you start and tell me kind of what's been inspiring you and 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 what you hope this is about for for this. Sure. So I've got a, a great quote that I would like to read mm-hmm. that I think sums up um, better than I can some of my thoughts. Okay. It's by Sarah Bessie. She's a Canadian author. Oh, I like her. She wrote a book called Jesus Feminist, An mm-hmm. Invitation to Revisit the Bible's View of Women. Wonderful book. That's great. And here's a great quote from uh, her writing here. It says, I won't desecrate beauty with cynicism anymore. I won't confuse critical thinking with a critical spirit, and I will practice painfully over and over patience and peace until my gentle answers turn away even my own wrath. I will breathe fresh air while I learn over and over again grace and freely given wisdom, and when my fingers fumble, when I sound flat or sharp, I will simply try again. And the next quote says, rest in your God-breathed worth. Stop holding your breath, hiding your gifts, ducking your head, dulling your roar, distracting your soul or stilling your hands, quieting your voice, and satiating your hunger with the lesser things of this world. And so I just love that. Oh, that's beautiful. It is. So thank you to Sarah Bessie. And so what does that mean to you? Like, how does that inspire you in part of this conversation? How is that your starting point? Right. So for us, we've been talking about having a women's conference that would somehow talk about the role of women in ministry, um, highlighting perhaps some of the injustices that have happened, um, being honest about Mm -hmm. uh, the inequality that still exists. And for some people, they might feel like, oh, aren't we, haven't we beaten this horse uh, too many right. times, other people right. might feel like, well, our denomination has been ordaining women since 1975, y- right? But still, there seems to be this inequality. Oh that yeah, exists. yeah. And I think we have to be honest about that. But I think why Sarah Bessie's quote probably resonates with me is that I want to come to a place where we acknowledge that injustice, we acknowledge yeah. the difficulty, but that we find a way to move from that anger, acknowledging it, moving, but moving from it into something that is more positive. Um, and or I think, just productive. I don't even care if it's positive. Just 
it's something that builds something. Right. I want to move the ball forward in my generation. I want yeah. to look back on my life when I'm old and gray and say, you know what? We moved it forward. And the compelling feeling I have within me is that anger won't move it forward. Mm. And though I've been angry yeah. and I've been through it and I acknowledge that some of my mm-hmm. sisters are still angry and I think they have lots of reasons yes, why they absolutely. can be, should be, still want to stay there. I get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I honor that. But I just think that God's calling us to say, okay, yes, how do we move that forward with compelling mm-hmm. hope and vision? And how do we rally people around the notion of women in ministry, of women starting things, of women church planters? Mm-hmm. And I just can't see in my own life, in my own story, in the scriptures, the life of Jesus, I can't see where anger moves the ball forward. I think that it... it uh, uh, compels us to do something. Anger can incite us to change. Mm-hmm. It can do something to stoke the fires, but I don't think it can actually move the ball forward very far. And I think what happens to some of my sisters is they get stuck. Mm-hmm. They get stuck in feeling frustrated, feeling the injustice, mm-hmm. feeling the um, the legitimate feelings that they do, the right. things that have been said to them, the the systems that seem to work against them, yep. and they feel disempowered, and so then they sit and they're unable to move forward and then bitterness and unforgiveness mm-hmm. and resentment and all those things which legitimately they can feel. And mm-hmm. I want to honor that, but I just feel like somehow at New Leaf, how do we honor that and work through it mm-hmm. but move it forward? And I think that's right. why Sarah Bessie's quote is so compelling to me because I want to see us in this time do something yeah. beautiful so that you know, when I have children, they can look mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. and they can say, wow, something happened. I would hate yep. to have a daughter and have her look back and say, man, still the same systems against right. her. Still right. the same situations happening. We yep. didn't we didn't do anything to move. I can't think of any other way to say it. Move the ball forward yeah. Yeah. somehow. I know you've got a great quote that's encouraging and inspiring you on this but, topic. But, you know, just speaking frankly, I think... As a man, I need to be able to walk through that anger with my sisters too. That I think it's an important part of the mm-hmm. story. And every time I try to explain it or n- do anything other than listen, I'm doing more damage. I'm, I'm not helping. And that, you know, the thing I hope this conference is isn't a biblical defense of women in ministry because we've done that work already and you're either convinced by that or you're not. Agreed. And um, and so really what I want to do is get a group of people together who are convinced that the general trajectory of Scripture is that God's plan is for men and women to speak his truth. And I think that's what Peter says um, is going on in his first sermon to the church in in Acts 2, Mm -hmm. where he quotes a prophet Joel and he says that God's spirit will be poured out on both his servants, Mm -hmm. right? Men and women, and they'll speak the truth. And I think that's what we have to start doing. I think so much of the the biblical story points to this moment, and this is the moment I want to be a part of. But So the truth is I take the Bible – at face value there. And mm-hmm. I say, all right, so if this is what you want, God, if this is your desire, if this is what, how, when you pour out your spirit, this is how you see it coming together. 
then the truth is that every time a woman is silenced, something I am diminished as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one of my friends uh, uh, who has been a – well, the truth is she's a, a very powerful voice in my life. And we met very much by accident. Um, it was not an intentional meeting. But um, she has always had a timely word for mm. me. Those are good friends. Yeah. Yeah, and so when I was originally thinking about New Leaf and and sort of what would our coming out to the world existence kind of thing look like, right? Uh, she she quoted me this poem in an email as I was thinking about it, and uh, I these words just punched me so hard, and and they are the starting point. For me, so uh, the quote is this, and I and I'm sorry to the original uh, author. I don't know who you are, but um, uh, maybe the fact that you've changed my life will be more important to you than me saying your name. It's, it goes like this: For every woman who is tired of acting weak when she knows she is strong, there is a man who is tired of appearing strong when he feels vulnerable. For every woman who is tired of acting dumb, there is a man who is burdened with the constant expectation of knowing everything. For every woman who is tired of being called an emotional female, there is a man who is denied the right to weep and to be gentle. For every woman who takes a step forward in her own liberation, there is a man who finds the way to freedom has been made a little bit easier. That hits me where I live. Mm-hmm. That is my jam because I feel diminished mm-hmm. by the lack of, of well, whenever there aren't enough women in the room in leadership uh, who have had all of the same advantages uh, that I have had. Um, I'm diminished in my understanding of who God is. Mm -hmm. I'm diminished in my understanding of what the church is. And I'm diminished in my understanding of what leadership is. And these are all things that I practice and these are all things I need. But I'm diminished when it disappears from my life. And so I'll be honest with you. My wife, um, she does so many things that I'm very jealous of. Um, You know, she's part of a women in ministry group even though my wife is not in a uh, paid vocational ministry, um, she is a leader in my life for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's part of this women in ministry group in Saskatoon, and I desperately want to sit at that table because I want I, – I understand that the pain and the suffering sometimes comes out easier when there's not a dude in the room that – you may feel like, okay, you have to couch your words or pull right. your punches. Like, yep. I'm glad they have a space to talk about that. So I'm not, I'm not trying to like dominate every space here. But I know that there are experiences that they have that I need to hear about. Mm-hmm. And I just, they're, 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 they're inaccessible to me when they're done behind closed doors. Right. And she's part of this group called the Prairie Women's Ministry. And, um, you know... Uh, I want to be, I would love to be in a room where uh, there are more 
women than men, where I'm in the minority, and I get to hear the story from a- another perspective. Um, so for me, I've always dreamed about this idea of um, a women's conference, because quite frankly, most conferences that in, quote unquote include everybody and are really just men's conferences, mostly men yes. on the stage, uh, even when we're trying, even when we're, it's mostly men on the even stage. Even when you have the token women. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I'm, I, I hate that feeling. Um, but it's true. It's, it's the, and, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. Uh, um, you, you know, you and I were just talking earlier about, you know, um, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, almost by 10 years. And it is, it is old, um, er, and, uh, um, by the time I was your age, I had preached about 300 sermons. Right. That doesn't include all of the public speaking that I've done. And how many times have you been up to bat? Uh, what did I figure? Probably 15, 20? Yeah, sermons. Sermons. Public uh, speaking more, but just sermons, yeah. Right. And so uh, I've been given so many more opportunities. Yes. And uh, um, to hone that craft and to work at it. Now, uh, you were rather, you know, ungraciously pointing out that I should be better than I am. And I, you Well, know. with all those opportunities, one would think <laughs> you'd be a master communicator. You're right. You're, this is what you get. Um, but I just think about the, the fact that that, in some way, that advantage that I have was afforded to me because I am male. It was. And it was, and and I, and I think it's okay to say to say that. Like I think that, I think that's okay too. I, I think, think it's that, the truth, right? And I think that is my hope for women: is not that we pretend that that isn't the reality, mm-hmm. or that we we act like that's not what's happening, but rather that we would come to a place of acknowledgement, but then like radical forgiveness and advocating for love and equality, and you know the renewal of all things. And part of that is mm-hmm. having that place um, equally together, mutual submission, walking hand in hand with men. I think what happens and what, why I think I feel perhaps that we should come at it from a more positive angle mm-hmm. is because I think when we sit in that angry place, we sometimes um, we push aside perhaps unintentionally, but we push aside men like you that feel like you could be an ally or that you desire that. Um, and instead of acknowledging that um, not all men agree with or feel that this is a, a fair and you know just place right. and acknowledge that when we act in anger in such a way where we stay there, um, I think we, we unintentionally, we, we take the people that would love to go up to bat for us and we say, no, we don't even mm-hmm. want you on the team. So we go and do our things and we have right. our women's events. And I think they have a time and a place. I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I yeah. think just as much as I think men's, you know, time and place, I think that has to happen. Sure. But and I, and it sometimes probably needs to be private too. Like I get that. Right. But to me, if we can't, 
I want to be about the work of the Spirit. And I just sense that the Spirit is trying to bring us together to this mm. newer, bigger, radical, more inclusive understanding of what it means to be the body of Christ. And it's men and women together doing the work of the kingdom. So what I find fascinating about the conversation is, and and I think this is actually natural and, and a part of the mutuality that God has designed into mm-hmm. his new creation, is I notice that there are parts of the conversation that it sounds better coming from me. Yes. Now, I also know that that is the patriarchy, and I freely admit that patriarchy is bad for everybody. Like, I think... Including men. Yes. I mean, it is bad for us when all this... Not just the advantages, but there is deep damage that gets done to men when they have to live into uh, the the masculine ideal Mm -hmm. of the patriarchy. So... I'm I'm happy to, you know, move beyond that and but I just find it fascinating that there are parts of the conversation that when I say it it's not as big of a deal um as it, it coming out of my mouth speaking as a man uh when I speak in in support of feminism when I speak in support of women in ministry people don't suspect my motives they're like oh well he's a guy and so this must come from a, a, a good space. But there are parts of the conversation where you have to speak mm-hmm. and I need to shut up. And that's also like, I, I think there's a mutuality here that, that we have to begin exploring more in, intensely. But that's God's, like, that's what God's business is. He's trying to move us into the fullness. Right. And the fullness only happens when both people are at the table. Right. Because you always miss part of the story. Right. I think that's why we we miss um, we miss a part of God when we're not both when when it's just one or the other. That's mm-hmm. why finding a way to come together in a really meaningful way, I think, is the only way forward. Yeah, like meeting in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we at least agree on that. Well, <laughs> we we seem to. <laughs> I just want I just want to move. Yeah, I just really want to move the ball forward. I just want to feel that we've accomplish something and and how how we can do that how we can rally together and there's lots of great things happening for women where you know they're being encouraged to rise up and to share Mm -hmm. their voice um but the thing that i i miss is that there's not more men around that conversation so um you know these women are feeling strengthened and feeling like okay we have this sisterhood but and that is great and i you know i acknowledge the need for that and i i myself need that Mm -hmm. but i just feel like there's something so much more strength is given to it when it's like it's it's actually like the family of god it's not just right. the sisterhood or the brotherhood it's right. actually coming together and saying the family no we're the yeah, we're the yeah, family yeah. we're the body of christ this is us all together so you have your time we have our time but we know we come together and i think historically it hasn't been that way in the church yeah we've, we've missed that that part so somehow i want to create a place where people feel safe or they feel encouraged, yeah. but where we can say, okay, how do we actually talk about that inequality in a way that's positive and that actually is productive? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do we address that system of oppression and say, well, how can we actually like um, make something different there in that space and have women and men acknowledge and say they want to move it forward? You know, yeah. I've been involved in a lot of conversations like this, even in the business world. Yeah. And for some reason, it just, when when we're not together, 
When right. we're not having this conversation together, we become siloed and we be, we end right. up doing work that's not productive. And I don't if if the spirit and God is all about that renewal and restoration of all things, fullness and yeah. in bringing that uh, sense of shalom then we have to be together on it, or we're still missing a part of God's heart. Right, right. And it, so, you know, I, I keep wondering about, like, what's the right way to do this? How do you progress? And I, I think, you know, obviously, like, legislation and all that stuff, um, that's one way, is to, is to uh, create an objective standard for this. But I think this is also a work of the spirit. I, I'm with you on that. That. That somehow, the spirit has to create that space of grace that we can all meet in the middle, um, where uh, um, I can hear your anger mm-hmm. and not take it as personally right. when it isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, maybe I do need to take it personally occasionally. Um, but to hear your anger and not feel threatened by it, right? Um, to speak to you of my own experience mm-hmm. and not have not be talking past one another. Um, I think the spirit has to lead us in order for this to even happen, and that's where I kind of feel bad for the business world is they don't have, right. they only have the the. Uh, the incentives and power structures and hierarchies to offer people. And we have something uh, that I think transcends so many of the, so much of that in, in some very, very powerful and, and exciting ways. And I think Jesus has made that way uh, available to us, but we have to walk into it. I agreed. And you know what? It's really interesting. Um, in some of the things I was involved in, in the business world, um, talking about the nuns and the duns in the church world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we have this interesting conversation about about women in business and about how interesting it was. This was this woman's um, reflections that she could see herself represented in so many areas in the business world, mm-hmm. but she could not see herself represented in the church. Mm. And, and this was a number of years back, and I thought that was really telling and so when we're talking about ministry to the nuns and the duns, right. I think a very compelling message to them would be coming forth with this equality message, mm-hmm. this, you know, it's not one, it's not the other, it's both. And this yeah. is what we, this is the goal we want to see in the business world, in all areas of life, but this, we're going to actually lead it in the church. And I think that could be a really compelling thing for nuns and duns to see us doing the work together in a really healthy and honest and open dialogue that doesn't shy away from the injustice, but also yeah. doesn't stay there, but moves forward, creates something new and something, a compelling vision to move forward. I think that would be something really interesting to be able to go to the people I know that are nuns and duns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and say, look, we're imperfect. Yeah. We'll make some mistakes along the road, but at least we're here together trying to walk the path. So let's just take a second to talk about the injustice for a second. Um, because, you know, we had a, um, uh, a mixed bag of a Facebook thread uh recently on the on the new leaf page and um as part of the background to that conversation which a lot of people aren't going to know um you know 
I talked um, I, I talked about my own call to ministry, mm-hmm. and um, and I would love to hear sort of from other women how they're called to ministry. Because let's not pretend that no women have felt a call to ministry right. and that no women are engaged right. in this in a meaningful way. They are, and Absolutely. they're successful, and they are. Uh, they have a lot to show us about how this works. So, yes, we have serious systemic issues here. But, yes, there are people that are actually doing it. And I think that's an important story to tell. So what I found fascinating is, you know, when I first was thinking about my call to ministry, I I remember watching an evangelist at my church. And he was up there and he was preaching in a really powerful way that was like it. I could feel the room shaking kind of a thing at, at, at an emotional and spiritual mm-hmm. level. And I remember thinking to myself, I want to do that. Now, what's interesting about that moment, uh, there was a lot of ego tied up in that. It, so it wasn't a pure, but it was it was a real place. Sure. Um what happened to me in that moment is that I, uh, but I saw a man, and so I knew that at least from the gender side of things, something I can't control about myself. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, you saw yourself represented. I saw myself represented, mm-hmm. which is not something that every woman who's called to ministry can say. And people in my church pulled me aside throughout my teenage years, and they said, "You should go into the ministry." And they affirmed that. And, uh, you know, I've had that countless numbers of affirmations on down the line. Mm -hmm. I have never once gone to a a convention or a conference of ministry leaders and wondered if I'm going to be the only man there. Right. And I've never had someone stand up in the middle of one of my sermons, one of the 300 sermons that I preached in the first 10 years, and uh, leave because I'm a man. I've never had someone question the legitimacy of my authority. I've never had to stare at the Bible and say, okay, will you, can I, in good conscience, pursue this thing that I think God is asking me to do? I've never had any of those things, and I don't know what that's like. It's not fun. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's not fun. My positive hope doesn't negate the difficult reality right. or even the starting point. Now, for me, I grew up in a shout out to my PAOC friends. Mm-hmm. We always ordained women for ministry. But let's be clear, I never saw a woman pastor that wasn't a children's pastor. Mm. So that was like, yep. yes, I saw that. But. I knew from a young age that um, that wasn't that wasn't what interested me. I loved kids, but I, mm. I never felt a passion or call right. to that. Um, and so, when I was affirmed in ministry, yeah, um, I always understood it to be in two ways: either as the wife of a pastor, right, which was a seemed like a very legitimate way into right. the ministry world, um, or as a children's pastor, right, and. If you're not hitched to a pastor, then that 
avenues done. And if you're not um, sensing a call to children's ministry, which is an incredibly important ministry. Yes, absolutely. Then, absolutely. But if you're in between and you're not sure, and so I think I resided in that um, in between because I felt like neither of those paths really seemed like they were a fit for me. And so I kind of hung in the balance somewhere in around that. Then you start to ask, well, could I actually, could I teach men? Right. You know, even even at, at my wonderful church plant, there have been um, parents of some people who attend there uh. when I was preaching on a Sunday morning were not necessarily thrilled that it was right. a lady pastor. Um, and I had never ex- really experienced that um, and found that out afterward that, they they only wanted to come back when when the man pastor was mm. there. And so but I look at that and I maybe this is a wrong way to view it, but I think, huh, look at all the opportunities that you will miss to hear from the spirit. Right. To hear a different perspective. Yes. I don't take it as an offense against me. I didn't okay. think to myself, oh, thou shalt never speak again. I didn't take it that way. Mm-hmm. I took it as and perhaps it's incorrect, I don't know, but may, this is how my mind reasons it. Like, oh, too bad for them that they're going right. to miss that side. They're going to miss that avenue to listen to the Spirit, to hear what God's up to, to receive from someone that's maybe different than them, that they would feel that way. That's actually, that's going to hold them back. That's right. I, I didn't take it as an offense because that's not about me. And right. I think sometimes women... That's powerful. It's not about me. And I think that I, it's not like I woke up and felt that way. That right, took right, many right. years of right. processing and mentorship and mm-hmm. thought and prayer. But I recognize that that just isn't about me because I preached a good sermon that Sunday. <laughs> I bet you did. I love hearing you speak. I worked hard on that and yeah. I knew and I, that wasn't about me. And so I had a choice in that moment to be offended so that the next time they came to church, well, I'm not going to speak to them. They didn't. No, that's not, I'm then not contributing. I'm not helping. I'm not acting in love. I'm not walking in hope. I'm not, I'm not living that out for me. I'm not moving that forward within my own heart Mm. because, you know, you say a lot of times, God's not as interested in our success as we think he is. You know, he's more about our character, who we're becoming, our hearts, Mm. how we love, how we live, how we let the spirit flow through us. And so the next time they came to church, I said hello to them. And I introduced myself as that, you know, the woman pastor. (laughs) And I smiled and I, because what, what did it help? What would it have helped had I not spoken to them or harbored bitterness or anger toward them? They may not have noticed and you'd have a hole in your heart then. Right. And so then that that then becomes a hindrance to me. That then stops the flow of the Spirit through me. That then stops. Right. Then my ability to be used is hindered. And so I, I think, yeah, I didn't have this affirmation path to glory. Maybe some other women do, and I mm-hmm. want to acknowledge that, mm-hmm. and that's great. That wasn't my path. But when the acknowledgement and the affirmation came, um, it was at the right time, at the right place, and the ball has moved forward in my life for those things. And so my job is to, even though I look back and say, you know what, mm-hmm. this probably should have happened like five years ago, I can either choose to stay in that place of bitterness right, or I can say, okay, but I'm here now right, and look behind me 
to younger women who were like me five, 10 years ago, gone through Mm -hmm. Bible college, Mm -hmm. sitting there wondering what's going on. I then need to take my hand and reach out to them. Mm -hmm. And so I might not be a man, but you know, and if they're looking for that affirmation from a man, I can then point them to people. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know what? I can point you to some people that will help you. Mm -hmm. I can, um, if you need that, I can give you some guys that will affirm your calling. But if, if you just need somebody, I can reach out to you and I can Mm -hmm. help and I can Mm -hmm. be someone in their life to mentor them and move them forward. So, but I think when we stay in that place of anger and injustice and bitterness, we then have so much that we are processing that we probably aren't as effective as we'd like to be, to be able to help other people. So I don't know how we tie that, all that into a conference. It's a big pile. We could talk about it for five hours and still not even get into it. So I want to do something. Yeah. And I me think too. that that's what the spirit's telling us. Me too. So L, if if people who are listening to this podcast want to get involved with this conversation. What we're looking for is just conversation partners. We're not looking for all women, we're not looking for all men. We're looking for a balance of the both to help us do some serious thinking about what a conversation like this would actually look like. And uh, so how would they how would they get in touch with us? Well, the easiest way would be send us an email, info at newleafnetwork.ca. Yep. That would be wonderful. Connect with us on our Facebook page or through Twitter or through Instagram. We're all out there. And we would, yeah, we would love to just have people, if this is something that's resonating mm-hmm. within you, you're like, oh, that's me. Then we want to hear from you because our belief here at New Leaf is that, um, more heads are better. More yep. thoughts. It's not just us. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're thinking about it and feeling this way, we know God's speaking to other people. So how do we steward that and move? I know I've said move things forward, but how do we move the conversation mm-hmm. forward? Have mm-hmm. a meaningful conference where people can connect and... Just meet in the middle. That's all I want to do. Just meet in the middle. We can build a bridge. That would be great. That'd be important. Well, that was our conversation about our upcoming women's conference that Thing. has no name or or basic direction or no date a, no time no just somewhere in the future but it'll happen yeah and we would like you to be a part yeah so yeah. send us an email connect with us yeah we want to hear from you absolutely thanks for listening to the new leaf podcast we appreciate it goodbye for now bye bye Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and starters all across Canada.